Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area And your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. To kick off your Monday morning. Good morning. I'm Kristen Smith running solo today. Jill's probably out and about, you know, doing something fun. Maybe she's getting me breakfast. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. But we've got a lot of stuff to cover, especially the weather. So, as many know, I do live in Nilsville, so it is a good hour drive in. And you, if you are not outside yet, you're going to be waking up to a little bit of precipitation out there called ice. I had some on my steps this morning. Thank goodness I saw it. So that way I didn't slip and fall and, you know, potentially break a bone. But the roads were a little slick, especially on that fresh blacktop. There was some slick spots out there, some ice on the car. So if you're just getting up and about, you might want to think about defrosting a few things because it's not going to be a very warm day today. Right now we're at 34 degrees, looking at a mostly cloudy day, and it is windy. We're only going to warm up to 36 degrees. So it is going to be a chilly day when the kids are getting up and ready to go out the door. Maybe put them in a winter coat, hat, pack some mittens just in case. It's better to be safe than sorry. It's better to be warm than cold. And this way they have something to keep their little fingers warm and keep their heads covered. That's one thing I learned as a kid was you never wanted to wear a hat, especially girls. You never want to wear the hat because it ruins your hair. It messes up your makeup. But you know what? You don't get as sick if you wear a hat. So put on a hat because it's cold outside. But we've got a lot of stuff to cover today, including some voting. We've got a vote we have to make today on the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. Plus, we're going to be talking about a training class for first responders, EMTs, fire and rescue teams, and law enforcement, something that is very important for farmers. So we've got a busy morning coming up here on WAX. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So if you're just waking up, it is a brisk, chilly morning out there. It feels very winter-like. Not exactly what we wanted to see, but fear not, we're going to be getting some warmer weather as the week continues. So stay tuned for more information on the weather, what's coming up next, and some fun news. Wax 104.5. 
If you are out and about this morning, the deer were moving. We were out Saturday night, and I was dodging deer left and right. We had a bunch just run. No reason. They were just, you know, on a mission. They were running. And this morning, I had a few that were on the move as well. And you know what that means? Another week or so, and we are in the three-letter word, the rut season. I kind of excited for that. It'll be fun to watch some deer, hopefully not in front of my car. Let's watch them in the fields. But it is 5.01 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. It's time to check in this morning with some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. NATO is starting its annual nuclear exercise today. The nuclear drills involve up to 60 aircraft, including advanced fighter jets, surveillance, and tanker aircraft. The U.S. will provide B-52 bombers. The aircraft will fly over Belgium, the U.K., and the North Sea. This comes as Russian President Vladimir Putin has raised the specter of using nuclear weapons in Ukraine following major military setbacks. Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker is defending his use of an apparent sheriff's badge in a debate last week. He tells NBC it's a legitimate honorary badge from the sheriff's department in his hometown. Everyone can make fun, but this badge, give me the right, and later let me finish, if anything happened in this county, I have the right to work with the police and get things done. Walker has never held a job in law enforcement, but has used his honorary badge to show support for police. He's facing off against Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock in a tight race that could determine which party controls the Senate. A new report shows most police agencies have increased funding, despite calls to defund the police following the murder of George Floyd. An ABC News investigation of more than 100 law enforcement agencies across the country found 90% of cities and counties increased spending for police between the fiscal years 2021 and 2022. A Russian official says the detention of WNBA star Brittany Griner isn't a priority for the Kremlin, despite President Biden repeatedly pushing for her release. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at some farm news this morning, shall we? It's an important week here in Wisconsin. Yesterday kicked off National Forest Products Week, where more than 61,000 men and women from our state work in the forest products industry. The Wisconsin DNR said everything from lumber to build houses to furniture, pallets to paper, heating fuel, and even chewing gum all start in the forest. The forest products industry contributes $24.4 billion in goods and services and provides $6.9 billion in value-added output. In 31 counties, the forest products industry is one of the top 10 employers. Every 100 jobs in the forest products industry sector supports an additional 123 jobs in other sectors of the economy. That's some interesting news. I'm <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm still trying to figure out how chewing gum comes from the forest. I'm kind of intrigued by that. I may have to do some research on that. That's interesting. And it's time to vote here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is known not only for their Green Bay Packers and our cheese curds, but it's time to vote on the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. We're going to be talking about that We're coming up in a little bit about H&S Manufacturing out of Marshfield. They're throwing the hat in the ring. So we've got that, weather, news, and markets all coming up next.
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I mentioned it just a little bit ago that it's time to vote. Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce and Johnson Financial Group are partnering once again to determine what is the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. And H&S Manufacturing out of Marshfield has thrown their head into the ring. The annual competition aims to highlight the state's vibrant manufacturing industry, which employs one in six Wisconsinites. H&S Manufacturing's entry is the Loadmaster 2X. That's a harvesting dump cart designed and manufactured to carry 60,000 pounds of product with the ability to lift and then dump the product into a truck with a dump height of over 15 feet. And to make it official, we need to vote. So to vote, you have to go to madeinwisconsin.com. So M-A-D-E in Wisconsin.com. Click on Vote Now. You scroll down, find H&S. You click on there, and it tells you a little bit of description on the Loadmaster 2X, and you click Vote. You can vote once a day today, once a day tomorrow, and then once until noon on Wednesday. So make sure you get out and vote. We like to see somebody local from our area take home the title of the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. Well, let's take a look at our weather today. We've got a mostly cloudy day today coming at us. Windy, going to be windy, so keep those hats on tight with a high of 36 degrees. Tonight is going to be mostly clear with a low of 22. Tomorrow is going to be a sunny day and 42 degrees. Tomorrow night is going to be mostly clear and 23 degrees. Wednesday, we're going to see some sunshine and a high of 45. Wednesday night, partly cloudy with a low of 32. So you still got to cover those mums at night. Temperatures around the area, we've got Medford at 30 degrees, La Crosse is at 36, Marshfield 32, as was Nilsville this morning, Green Bay was at 33 degrees, Rice Lake up north, and Wausau are both at 32, down in Madison, they're at 36, and Milwaukee, they're the balmy area this morning, 38 degrees, and right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, we're at 34 degrees, only going to warm up 2 degrees, so be prepared, it is chilly outside. We've got your morning markets coming up next, and they'll be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at our morning markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We've got your choice-fed beef steers, $1.37 to $1.53, your mixed, $1.12 to $1.36. Choice fed beef heifers, 137 to 153. You're mixed, 126 to 136. Choice fed Holstein steers, 125 to 136. With your select and silage fed at 108 to 124. Cows are at 65 to a dollar. Your bulls are at 68 to 101. Butcher hogs, 70 to 86. Sows are 51 to 71, topping out at 77. Your boars are 18 to 22. Shorn market lambs are $1.05 to $1.10 with your unshorn market lambs 90 to $1.05. Peter lambs are at 85 to 175. And looking at the Mercantile Exchange, we've got your live cattle for October. <clears throat> That's at 146.95. That's up 50 cents. December's at 147.77 down 15. February's at 151.10 down 60. Peter cattle for October's at 173.80. That's down 95. November's at 174.77, down $1.32. January's at 175.10, that's down $1.20. Your lean hogs for October's at 93.37, down a nickel. December's at 82.25, up $1.65. February's at 83.42, up $1.70. And swinging over to the Chicago Board of Trade, we got your December corn down two at 6.87. December oats up a penny at 3.99. 
November beans down three at thirteen eighty. December soybean meal down a dollar at four ten ten a ton. December wheat was up eleven at eight seventy one. Then the dairy side. Oh well, we're gonna go through it. We got your barrel cheese took a hit on Friday, down nine cents to two twelve and a half. Your blocks were down a half a cent to two oh five. Your double A grade butter was down a penny at three seventeen and a half. And your class three futures. Not great news. October down twelve cents to twenty one seventy seven. November down seventy five cents to twenty forty one. December down seventy two cents to nineteen seventy. January down fifty three cents to nineteen sixty six. February down forty four cents to nineteen seventy nine. And yeah, we're just gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna keep going into March and further down. But that's a look at your morning markets. Hopefully they'll turn around today when the markets open. Again, markets this morning are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock on Wax. Another piece of farm news I thought was really interesting and beneficial. You know, farmers are largely independent and often manage many of their own injuries and incidences. However, when a hazard transforms itself into an entrapment or serious injury, emergency services are called. That's why the National Farm Medicine Center, in partnership with the Pittsville Fire Company, LifeLink 3, Hyman's Holsteins, Heek Farms, and Marshfield Clinic are offering basic emergency training coming up October 21st and 22nd in Marshfield. They're calling for first responders, EMTs, fire and rescue teams, and law enforcement to sign up for this training, which includes tractor rollover, equipment extraction, silo rescue, and grain bin rescue. Fire departments that send three or more personnel to the training will receive a free four-gas monitor courtesy of the Mike Biotish Farm Safety and Education Memorial Fund. Now, to register for this event, go to rf-.org. That's rf-.org. The deadline to register is this Wednesday. Very important stuff. We don't like to see farming accidents happen, but they do happen. And there was actually a gentleman, I believe, from Owen Withy, They actually use some of this training, and they extracted him, and he is home. He survived. So some good news there. We want to keep that up. So if you are an EMT, first responder, fireman, law enforcement, rescue team, sign up for that. It's very important. But we've got some more stuff coming up. We're going to be getting a pickle update. Who doesn't like pickles? Bruce Dorn will be joining us here shortly on Wax. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Van Holten's Pickles in Waterloo, Wisconsin has a long history of innovating how they do business. Bruce Storn, operation manager, shares more about the pickle process and how they work with farmers. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, I'm Carrie Mess. Van Holten's originally started down in the Milwaukee area in 1898, and they were a vinegar and mustard company. In 1939, I think it was, they basically invented a pickle in a pouch. It was far ahead of its time as far as uh, flexible packaging goes. They moved to Waterloo in the mid-1950s, and we worked out of an old uh, Waterloo canning facility up until October of 2007, and that's when we built our new state-of-the-art facilities here, and a lot of people still look for our old wooden vats along Highway 19 here, and uh, they actually think the company has gone out of business because we moved to the other side of the street. And those vats are where the fermentation magic happens 
for Van Holtens. We run a fermented pickle operation, and what that means is we bring in almost all of our product during the peak harvest months for the Midwest. Product is put into these vats that used to be above ground. We now have the vats buried in the ground, and uh, there's the vats are 12 feet deep, and eight foot of the tank is underground, which helps us not to have to use as much salt in the product. It keeps it from freezing. So all of our brine in the tank farm is used year after year. We just have to bring the chemistry back up to the desired rates before we put cucumbers back into it. So we are not running hundreds of thousands of pounds of salt down the drain every year. So we it's a 100% reused brine. Full semi-load goes into each tank. And once the tanks are full, we have to let them sit overnight so that the air settles out of them. And then we can put a, we call the head or the cap on the tank, which is a series of netting and boards. And then we block them boards down so they cannot float up. Then we fill the tank with brine and then the fermentation process starts. It takes approximately 40 days for the fermentation to be complete in our yard. Some tank yards throughout the United States can actually go as little as two weeks and they have their products fermented out. Ours ferments out a little bit slower. It really sounds just like what the old German grandmas did, but on a much larger scale. Fermentation is, is more of a natural way of preserving products. It's been done way, way, way back into ancient times. Products like sauerkraut are all you know done with the same principle. There's not a lot of chemicals that are involved with it, and it's kind of a natural process. Tell me about who your growers are. Where do your cucumbers come from? I like to source all of our product from Wisconsin, but we have outgrown the Wisconsin market. Cucumbers are grown the same place potatoes are in Wisconsin in the central sands part of the state, 100% irrigated. If you try to grow cucumbers on non-irrigated soil up in, in the central sands area, taking a very, very large risk is to the product getting any yield off the fields at all. We also are receiving product now from Michigan and uh, Indiana and Ohio. Um, there's only three to four growers left in Wisconsin, so it's a very small uh, industry. Our biggest grower grows 4,500 acres. They supply a little over half of our annual purchases. can't think that I've ever drove past a cucumber field, but maybe I did and I didn't even realize it. They're not easy to identify. It is, you know, have all the foliage on it like a, a potato field or soybeans, you know, or corn or anything like that. It's, it's pretty low to the ground. Years ago, you know, through my uh, years of dealing with cucumber farmers, you used to see a lot of foliage. The growers realized where they're not growing plants, they're growing cucumbers. Nowadays, you can actually see through all of the vines right right down to where most of the cucumbers are laying. They've gotten away from uh, pushing the nitrogen onto the field and growing a plant. They have changed their practices a bit to reduce the foliage and increase yields. Is that also partially the cucumber breed that they're using? Yeah, there's commercial varieties out there that uh, there's several different seed companies in the marketplace. Parthenocarpic or seedless cucumbers are becoming very prevalent in the industry. We here at Van Holtens personally do not like seedless varieties. They do not ferment well. They work very well in the fresh pack industry where they take the cucumbers basically from the field and put them in their final packaging without the fermentation step. Is there on-farm sorting of sizes? Like, would they have contracts with multiple processors for different size cukes? Yes. All of the Wisconsin growers sell to several different customers. We are, I would consider us to be a medium-sized customer. You have smaller operations that are maybe taking a load uh, 40,000, 40 to 50,000 pounds at a time and they don't use near, near
near the volume that that the bigger players in the industry use. We buy a total of 585,000 bushels in a year's time, where these smaller producers may only go through 30 to 40,000 bushels in a year. Cucumbers, when they're harvested, are in, in today's uh, farming techniques. Almost everybody is machine harvesting them, so they are taking the cucumbers. It's a one-pass operation, uh, unlike people in their gardens where they go out and pick their cucumbers every couple days and and can continue to pick for several weeks. But what our growers do is they are looking for concentrating on the specific sizes that they have contracts for. So we contract for specific sizes. All of our cucumbers are one and five-eighths inch in diameter to two inch in diameter. So everything is bought from the farms by diameter. Once we get it into the factory, we sort it down by length. If you were to kind of give me a quick rundown of what a year looks like at Van Holten's. In the winter months, you're doing what? Uh, spring, summer, fall? Yeah, we do process uh, continuous for 12 months. That's the advantage of uh, the fermented stock. Once it is fermented, it stays in the tanks, and we try to turn our inventory over in about every 13 months. We always like to have a carryover from the previous year to last us at least a month into uh, the new season. It just gives the new stock time to ferment and actually go through a rest phase where um, if you have to use it right immediately after it's been fermented, it's a lot more of a tender product. We ferment everything out um, mid to late summer. So the season traditionally starts here at the plant around the 10th of July and goes all the way through the second week of September. In a six to eight week period of time, we're receiving in all of our stock to fill our tanks and then also our other suppliers are filling the tanks that we are renting at their facilities. We can only tank about half of what our annual usage is, so we have stuff tanked at one of our growers in Almond, and we also have product tanked in Bowling Green, Ohio, and in Central Michigan. Once this product is all fermented, it just sits there. We have to maintain the salt and pH level on the tanks, and we bring them in approximately 100,000 pounds in a day, run it through our process of sizing, where we are taking the farm sizes, and now we are breaking them down into a length size. So once the product is sized in the factory, it goes into a holding tank of brine where the salt and acid level is just maintained until we're going to run that particular size on our production lines. Then we convey the product over to the production lines where we make our own pouches on the lines. We fill fill the packages. Then the flavor brine goes onto the packages, and that's when the pickle will actually take on its unique flavor of dill kosher, hot, sour, and tapatio. Everything prior to that point is just tastes salty. Do all of the Van Holten's pickles just go into pickle in a pouch? About 80% of our product goes into pickle in a pouch. The other 20% is calls or rejects, which we take from the factory and send it back out to our tank farm. And we have a um, company that buys the relish quality pickles from us. When you say relish pickles, you're not always talking about the relish that you would buy on the store shelf. It is an industrial product used in the meat and salad industry. It used to be that you'd have a pickle on your sandwich or a pickle next to your sandwich, but now pickles are really taking social media by storm. There's TikToks and Instagram videos all over showing different dill pickle recipes or subbing pickles out for bread, for a low-carb diet. There's just lots of talk about 
pickles these days online? Pickles has stood the test of time. It has proven to be recession-proof. I can't exactly explain why that is, but when the economy really tanked in the, you know, 2008, our sales increased. We've showed re- shown record sales for, I think it's 18 consecutive years. Van Holten says blown up on social media, whether it be TikTok or anything like that. So whatever is happening out there is definitely having an effect on, on the pickle industry. I'll go back a little bit to when we were talking about uh, other companies that buy from, from the same growers that we do. We are all showing increases and we complement each other. So although we might be a direct competitor out on the store shelf, these other companies buy the sizes, some of the sizes that we do not buy here at Van Holtons. We might be competitors, but we make the whole system work very nicely together for the farmer so that they have an outlet for all of their sizes of uh, cucumbers. So you have your little midget dills that some people buy in jars at the, at the grocery store. We do not deal in any of that type of product, and some companies do. Our growers primarily are growing most pickles between inch and a half to two and an eighth inch in diameter. So, And that's some interesting stuff on the pickles. I know I like to have those little midget pickles and the small ones with pizza. A lot of people think that's kind of weird. I don't put it on the pizza. I just eat it with it. So some interesting news. Thank you to Carrie for talking about pickles this morning. But we've got to keep moving. We've got your morning markets coming up next. We've got Rocky Olson. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We are 28 minutes before the 6 o'clock hour. Time to check in with Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. You know, I walked out of my house this morning. I have wood steps, a wooden porch. Those steps were icy. Yikes. Yes. Did you slip? No, I was careful. I had my flashlight on so I could kind of gauge. Plus, I held on to the railing. But, you know, ice is out there now. Yeah, yeah, be careful, that's for sure. Yeah, fresh blacktop, especially hauling cattle. You could hit some ice this morning. Yeah, I don't think it's going to warm up a lot. Nope, two degrees. <laughs> yep. Well, Rocky, catch us up. What's going on over at Premier? Uh, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how last week's auction shaped up here at uh, Premier. Uh, we sold over 2,200 head of livestock last week. Fed cattle traded lower, high yielding, high choice, and prime Holstein steers 128 to 139. Select and low choice 121 to 127. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers 125 to 143. Market cows traded lower, especially towards the end of the week. High yielding cows from 71 to 87. Most cows 61 to 70. Lower yielding. 60 and down. Market bulls high yielding from 92 to $1.07, lower yielding 91 and down. Organic market cows high yielding from 90 to $1.12, lower yielding 89 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves relatively steady there with most of the Holstein bull calves from 75 to 145. Your beef calves 125 to 375, Holstein heifer calves 10 to 85. Last Wednesday's uh, dairy cattle auction had lots and lots of supreme quality cows. Top cows selling from 2000 to 2900 they had one big load of fresh heifers, averaged over 2,600. This week's uh, dairy cattle auction, we do have three complete herd dispersals. Uh, we have one conventional tie stall herd. We have two certified organic dairy herds, over 200 organics already consigned. One herd has all the heifers, uh, some very nice cattle there. 
Also, this Tuesday, we'll have our special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction, expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle, 75 to 100 bred beef cows, including a Hereford herd dispersal. Uh, make sure them beef cows come in today or tomorrow morning before 9 a.m. for preg checks. Also, machinery auction coming up November 18th. Get those consignments in soon for best advertising. Uh, questions, call us, 715-229-2500. Full details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And that's the way it's shaped up, Kristen. Sounds good. And that lot is, you still got room for consignments? We do. We do, actually, with the harvest. It's been coming in a little slower than expected. But, uh, yeah, we need to get stuff in soon. All right. Well, so get your equipment in. Rocky's ready for you. You betcha. All right. Thanks so much, Rocky. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock and this morning's markets. With Premier, I brought to you by... Save fuel and add power to your equipment with Chippewa Ag Solutions. ChippewaAg.com Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning to check in with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, and see what's going on out there. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen. How we doing? Uh, you know, I almost slipped this morning. If I wasn't watching, I would have slipped on my steps. There was ice on them. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that would not have been good, and uh, we would have missed you this morning. Well, well I, I'm resilient. I'm like a cockroach. I just get back up and keep <laughs> moving. But... A fall down the steps on <laughs> presumably cement oh, or well, concrete. Well, I did, I've done that before. I mean, I'm kind Ooh. of a klutzy person, <laughs> so I've done it in my house and outside. And I just jump up right away, and you just keep moving, and that way you just you know walk it off. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, you're a little bit more resilient than I. You know, I, I sleep, and I shouldn't say this at, you know, soon to be 29 years old. but uh, Oh, you're so sometimes, old. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, sometimes I just sleep wrong, and, uh, you know, I wake up with a backache, and then I just attribute it to, like, okay, the Marine Corps aged my bones quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that that's my excuse. Okay, old-timer, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Give me some warm milk and a nap. Yeah. No kidding. You want me to sing to you, like, something from Big Bang Theory, Soft oh, Kitty, yeah. Warm Kitty? Uh, put me right to sleep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, catch us up. What's going on with our weather? Like I said, I had ice on my steps and ice on my windshield this morning. Well, put it this way. For my old-timey bones, today is going to be a rough one because it'll be cold. We'll have uh, highs mostly into the mid-30s after, well, starting off mostly into the low 30s, so not much of a difference in our temperatures. But we'll hang on to a good bit of cloud cover, and it'll be breezy. Winds will be sustained mostly between 15 to 25 miles per hour, and gusts could get near 40 miles per hour time. So it is going to be very windy, and that's going to make it feel like it's mostly into the 20s for today. Maybe a few stray snowflakes as a result of some lake effect from Lake Superior, but most of that will be confined towards far northern Wisconsin. Otherwise, tonight, mainly clear, low to mid-20s for our overnight lows, and more sunshine for tomorrow, but not much warmer, only into about the low 40s. Another night tomorrow night with mid-20s for our lows, but then we start to get marginally warmer again on Wednesday. Mostly sunny, mid to upper 40s, and by Thursday we may touch that 50-degree mark. And then we start to really see that warm-up as our winds will shift a little bit more out of the south. Starting on Friday, mostly into the low 60s for our highs. More sunshine will take us through the weekend. Saturday brings us mid to upper 60s. And Sunday, we could get pretty close to that 70-degree mark once again, otherwise into the upper 60s with a little bit more cloud cover. But right now, speaking of cloud cover, we have a good bit of that and a temperature of 34 degrees in Eau Claire. So at least we're going to get some warm weather from this. Mm-hmm, a little bit, and uh, that won't last very long, though, of course. All right. Sounds good. And what are you going to dress up for Halloween? Couple I might weeks? have to do gritty. <laughs> wow. Like the Flyers mask. Gritty. Is, well, Bob I, was talking about gritty. He made the mistake of saying gritty. So I was like, okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> I said I'm going to dress up as Bob Gallagher. 
Well, then there you go. We'll, we'll have to hang out then. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, jeepers. And I'm like, jeepers, creepers. <laughs> <laughs> Great googly moogly. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, thanks so much for the update. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. There he goes. Our Skyborne 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, with us this morning. Our weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're 20 minutes before 6 o'clock. Time to check in with some news. We're going to head over to Morgan McCarthy. And Morgan, catch us up. What's going on on a busy Monday morning? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We know it could be the last day of the prosecution of the Waukesha Christmas Parade trial as the DA could rest their case today. Still not clear what kind of defense Daryl Brooks Jr. would then offer. He is acting as his own lawyer, but has been erratic, sometimes explosive during the first half of the trial. Now, Brooks is facing life in prison. Police say he killed six people and injured 60 others when he drove through a parade crowd last year. Well, there are people looking at nearly two dozen felony counts for stealing guns, bullets, and rocket launchers, and that brings us to Eau Claire County. Prosecutors filed charges on Friday. Two of the suspects accused of stealing guns, a third accused of buying them. The sheriff's office says 15 guns, 5,000 rounds of ammunition, and military-grade rocket launchers were taken from a home in the town of Drammen last week. Investigators say they found some of the guns. Not clear if they recovered the rocket launchers and ammunition. As we look into other headlines, how about that political stage heading into the weekend? Democratic Governor Tony Evers and his Republican opponent Tim Michaels displayed their opposing views. This was a debate heading into the weekend Friday night where Evers was asked... About the challenge of attracting young workers to Wisconsin sounded like this. Well, one of the things we, we need to do is make sure that we have some civil discussions across the state of Wisconsin. Politics are difficult here. They're difficult all across our, all across our country. I'm committed to do that. On the other side of the stage, Michael said he'd get people off their couches. We're going to get people off of their couches and get them back to work. We created an entire class of lazy people during COVID, and it's time to get them back engaged in our economy to stop just sending them the unemployment checks, the COVID subsidy checks, which I know are now gone, but they were getting them and that's how they got lazy. Michael said tax reform will attract more people to Wisconsin, adding, quote, we have great work ethic. When it comes to politics, former President Barack Obama will be making a trip to the Dairyland later this month to campaign for Governor Tony Evers' re-election and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes as he challenges Republican Senator Ron Johnson, creeping closer to that November date. How about we switch gears out of politics and into public health, there is a continuing trend where coronavirus cases are inching down in the state. You can always find more information online, a direct link to DHS. Easy to find when you pit stop first at 715newsroom.com. And of course, maybe you watch the Jets continuing to put wheels down on the Packers. 27-10 in Green Bay yesterday for that loss. We're just going to breeze right by that. And instead, how about go to Texas, where residents in one uh, Fort Worth neighborhood say they're getting fed up with activities that they're saying are an Edward Scissorhands in the area. What, Trey? The unidentified man is trimming their trees in the middle of the night without their permission. Hmm. One resident has caught him on surveillance video around 3 a.m. He's reportedly trimmed about a dozen trees on three streets and it may cause a problem with the HOA. Neighbors say they found police reports but it's unknown if he'll face any charges if caught. I'm Trey Thomas. Well, not trimming trees, but away from the landscape duty and back to the barn you go with Kristen Smith and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Thanks so much, Morgan. You know, it's kind of funny. I wonder, is he trimming them nice? I don't know. We'll have to look into that, too, and see if he's making, like, really cool sculptures like Edward Scissorhands or if he's just, you know, just kind of doing a hack job because we don't need that either.
But we've got a busy morning. We've got your morning markets. Those are coming up next. We'll be heading over to the Altoona Barn. Hunters. And it's that time of the morning. We need to check in with some markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. And Jim, catch us up. How was the sale? Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar thirty to two sixteen. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar ten to a dollar sixty nine. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar to a dollar forty. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, ninety five to a dollar sixty six. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, eighty five to a dollar thirty eight. Our next special feeder sale will be next Friday, October twenty first. We'll have 25 to 30 red and black Angus cows for that sale. These cows are bred to registered black Angus bulls. This is a herd reduction, and all cows are coming from one farm. We'll also have cows from other consigners and feeders as well for this sale. Just a quick reminder, all feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to the upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Jim. You as well. And now we're going to head over to the Equity Stratford Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you. And I guess, uh, well, we'll just defer talking about the weather because if anyone that's been out uh, already this morning knows how windy and chilly it is. So maybe we're getting uh, uh, November weather here in October, and when we get to November, we'll have October weather. I think that would be okay. Yeah, it would be. Well, in the meantime, we better tell the folks what's going to be happening here at Equity Stratford this week, and I'll do that. Kristen, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. A full marketing schedule on tap here this week uh, at Equity Stratford. Of course, we do start Monday morning here, October 17th, uh, full marketing day on Mondays. Uh, we sell market cattle this morning, along with fed cattle market bulls. We'll get to the baby calves uh, at 1130 here uh, this morning. Tomorrow, Tuesday, busy day. We start at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning uh, with our hay and bedding auction. Also, tomorrow, Tuesday, will be our uh, dairy auction, and also on Tuesday, a market auction featuring organic market cows along with the uh, conventional market cattle. That will be on Tuesday, full marketing day on Wednesday, including uh, uh, market cows, fed cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale this week is a noontime start on Wednesday. Our Thursday auction does start at 11. Uh, Conventional market cattle on Thursday along with the baby calves. And just a brief look at last week, uh, uh, the, uh, most of the meat markets, uh, cow markets and, uh, fed cattle are trending on a weaker tone. I guess that's the time of the year. Anyway, but, uh, not a drastic loss, but, uh, somewhat lower on all the cows and on the uh, fed cattle. Calves mostly steady last week, but, uh, we did see a definitely a weaker trend on the cows, especially on Thursday. So we'll see how things, uh, trend, uh, this week, uh, and, uh, with that information, uh, we'll have a full market report on the updates uh, tomorrow morning and uh, at that time we'll give you guys a buzz and uh, let you know what's going on. Big Bob will be in the chair tomorrow. Oh yeah, you know he'll be here. Alright, well Kristen you enjoy the day. Stay warm and uh, I guess maybe it's a little bit too early to talk about uh, well, but folks have your moving livestock. I mean it's chilly and breezy so I'll lock those trailers up because it's uh, that time of the year and it's a uh, really transitioning but at the end of the week we'll see what 50 yeah 50s and 60s are calling for oh that sounds good on that high note we'll leave it do you guys have a nice day and thank you much you too jerry thank you there he goes jerry fitzgerald over at the stratford equity barn and we've got morning markets coming up next for those who work in acres 
not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's jump into the market this morning. We've got on your Chicago Board of Trade, December corn down two at 687. December oats up a penny at 399. November beans down three at 1380. December soybean meal down a dollar at 41010 a ton. December wheat up 11 at 871. On the dairy side, barrel cheese down nine cents to two twelve and a half. Your blocks are down a half a cent to two oh five. Double A grade butter down a penny at three seventeen and a half. And your class three futures for October down twelve cents at twenty one seventy seven. November down seventy five cents to twenty forty one. December down seventy two cents to nineteen seventy. January down fifty three cents to nineteen sixty six. February down forty four cents to nineteen seventy nine. And the markets were downward trending through September of next year. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 648 for corn. Baldwin's at 633 for corn, 1296 for beans. Duran's at 623 and 1286. Mondovi's at 633 and 1296. Elmwood's at 633 and 1301. Fall Creek is at 618 for corn, 1261 for beans. Osseo's at 638 and 1301. Elk Mound's at 628, 1301. Sparta's at 633 and 1296. Ellsworth at 613 for corn, 1246 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area, Boyceville's at 632, Stanley's at 637, New Richmond's at 635. And now we're going to hear from Dr. Dan Undersander on our next Girl Felfa update program on the Forage Analysis Super Bowl results. Again this year at the World Dairy Expo, the Forage Analysis Super Bowl was held, and Dr. Dan Undersander used to run that program. But not anymore. He's kind of retired, taking a step back, but very much involved, obviously, still. Dan, of course, longtime state forage specialist here in Wisconsin with us on our next Corral Alpha Update program. And Dan, you are there for the banquet. You've seen the sheets, the results. you got to be pretty happy. Not only a lot of entries, but a lot of good entries. That's right, Bob. We had about 120 entries for hay and haylage, and we had about 180 entries for corn silage, so a, a very good number of entries. Um, I will say, um, partly when we designed this con test many years ago at this point. We uh, tried to make it fair for a person any place in the country and I was pleased to see this year winners from New York all the way to Wyoming as well as across the Midwest. So it does mean that uh, as you'd expect cattle eat about the same and so to grow and analyze feed about the same is worthwhile. Have you noticed over the years since uh, you started this to now a lot of difference in the quality, and if so, is that due to genetics of the product? Is it due to management? What are you seeing? It changes, maybe, or not many, not maybe so many changes. Yes, we are seeing a gradual increase in the quality of both the hay haylage and the corn silage. And I think it's a combination of all three of the things you said. There's better genetics, so the the plants are growing better, they're staying disease-free better. Uh, it's uh, I think our management is improving, and that was our purpose all along in this contest because that's generally the largest factor. And then the third thing was... Uh, we had an awful lot of winners from Wisconsin this year, the most I've seen in many, many years. And what it means is that we had a pretty good environment for growing and harvesting forages this year, which uh, all of your audience knows doesn't happen every year. <laughs> and you mentioned to me with a, with a smile on your face, you know, we, we do all this research and uh, preach management, but in the end, Mother Nature still might have the most to say about it. 
That's right. Uh, we've got some ways to help work around it to minimize the impact, but in the long run, uh, we need good moisture, but not too much when we're trying to harvest. A lot of the West had very dry conditions this year, and then the material gets stemmy and low quality. So, yes, um, Mother Nature rules, but uh, we're trying to work around it as best we can. And there are so many categories in this competition now, and of course, uh, here in our part of the country, we may not fit into some of them. Which categories work best for our farmers that uh, has been designed to recognize forage production all over the country? So first off, clearly the corn silage is, uh, we have both the standard corn silage and the brown midrib corn silage, and and they're both important to Wisconsin dairy farmers. Uh, The the other third one out of the six that would be most important would be the alfalfa haylage. Uh, We do have alfalfa hay. And in fact, we actually have two hay categories, dairy and and the commercial hay, uh, because uh, oftentimes our alfalfa isn't quite as high a quality as some of the western hays. But uh, but haylage is something we can do well, have done well, and it shows up in these contests that uh, they're uh, very good, high quality forage. And and we had some high ranking winners in the dairy haylage. Yeah, they come from, uh, I noticed, uh, from all over western and central Wisconsin. There were some awfully, awfully good samples that came from our part of the country. And uh, we might take a closer look at those in the future. On our next Grow Alfalfa Update program, Dan Undersander, a state forage specialist, with us once again. I'm Bob Bosold. Thanks so much, Bob. We're at 34 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. Looking at a mostly cloudy day today. It's going to be windy, high of 36. Tonight's going to clear off, low of 22, so keep those mums covered. Tomorrow, sunny and 42. Wednesday, sunny and 45. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.